I want to think that people feel very happy and fulfilled for the most part by their experience and their connection with the brand and that they're growing within that environment. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Jema. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. It is a beautiful fall blue sky day here in Los Angeles. The weather has finally turned and it's feeling crisp and like sweater weather, which is my favorite. Fall is my season. It always has been. It's my birthday season, Scorpio season, Halloween, Thanksgiving, into the holidays. So I'm feeling all sorts of cozy. Anyway, let's all just take a deep breath, a centering moment, wherever this finds you in your day. I'm just taking a couple of rounds, closing the eyes if you can, if you're not driving, feeling your feet below you, either cross-legged or on the ground flat. Allowing the sit bones to lengthen down into whatever you're sitting on, just like shoots of leaves that are growing deeper and deeper and deeper down into the earth as the spine lengthens all the way up through the spine, the back of the skull, lengthening all the way out through the crown chakra, the top of the head. And taking a couple of long, deep rounds, no rush, inhaling through the nose, exhaling out through the mouth. And if there's anything that you need to release today, please allow that to wash away on the exhale. We can send a little prayer or mantra or affirmation out on the exhale. Releasing, purging, eliminating anything that is no longer serving you today. And truly feeling that intention, which gives the body and the mind permission to release that on a cellular level. The breath does so much. The breath truly is everything. And most of us hold it or breathe pretty shallow throughout the day. So just coming into it for a couple of rounds can do a lot of good. So I hope that your day is going well. I had a very early morning with my daughter, my youngest daughter today, waking up at 4.30, which in all all honesty pretty much wrecks me. Normal wake up is 6.37 and um, 4.30 just is not long enough because I stayed up late to doing some self-care last night. Um, I did a really good homemade vaginal steaming sesh. So um, anyway, I sound kind of like I have a sore throat, but I think it's just tiredness. Anyway, lots of fun things on the horizon. I am, like I've been sharing the past couple episodes, I am now also offering motherhood coach sessions, which I'm super psyched about. It's really an expression of work that I love. I love working with, you know, pregnant moms, of course, and then my postpartum mamas, which I'm still heavily working with through um, the postpartum care packages that I offer. And now it's really nice to be able to follow my old clients, my past clients, or even new clients through their journey as they move through motherhood because spirit knows we all need support ongoing forevermore. We need our tribe. We need our people. We need our women. 
We also need our men. We need the education and learning how to better equip ourselves and support our communities. So if you're interested in that, you can reach out to me via email, mclean at motherthemother.com. And you can always find me on Instagram at motherthemother. Yeah, feel free to always DM me topics you'd like to hear as well. Um, I am getting my long list of interviews for the fall going, which feels really great. So um, I'd love to scatter in some days for uh, solo talks with me on topics that you would like to be hearing, as well as all the awesome wellness and birth world people that I have lined up. So today, it is an honor to have a dear friend, Trish Marino, on. She is someone I've known for about probably 13, 14 years now. And um, she really is big sister vibes for me. She is currently president and CEO and creative director at Little Giraffe, which I'm sure most of you mamas know, but it's that really beautiful high-end baby clothes and blanket company. They make the softest blankets in the world. We have so many in our house all over in every bedroom and in the living room on the couch. But Trish has been someone I just knew through a dear friend, Melanie, and she went to the same college. And anyway, we just had a lot in common and I've always loved her and looked up to her. And it was such an honor to sit down with her and really delve deeper into her journey as a mom and a business maven, really. She worked for BB for a long, long time and helped that whole brand expand into what it became. And um, as well as an artist and a light worker, a Reiki worker. And um, I hope you enjoy the listen. She really is an inspiration. And it just goes to show that we can always keep growing and reinventing ourselves as life takes twists and turns and brings us challenges. You know, it's really, it's really inspiring to see that um, in other women. And yeah, hope you enjoy, Jema. Hi, Trish. Hi, Mick. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so glad you were finally sitting down to do this. Me too. It's been a minute. It has, but it's always the perfect alignment when it really comes together. I always trust the schedule will line yeah, up. Totally. It does. Um, wow. So how long have we known each other? Like 12 years? 12 or 13 years, I think. It's got to be. Because wow. I knew you before the kids mm-hmm. and Ruby was like... Before marriage. Yeah. For everything. Yep. Through Melanie. Shout out to Melanie. Yeah. Shout out to Melanie. Our um, love. Our love. <laughs> and of course, well, two of the big things I love about you are your love of black. <laughs> My you're power so, color. <laughs> you're so funny. <laughs> this is true. You always you're, see you're me coming. mostly black. I know. But I love it because I'm in tie-dye and leopard, but usually I'm in black. Yeah. (laughs) So that's one thing I love about you and your eye makeup, your black eye makeup. And then also we went to the same college, Hampshire College. Isn't that just like the strangest thing? I remember hearing that from you and I was like, what? Because it's such a weird small school. So when you meet someone from that tribe, it's like a big deal. Yeah. And I always say you always find your tribe and Mm. it's so random how Mm -hmm. that happens. But um, there's several years between us, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of when you were there and when I was right. there, but, um, but I pioneered it for you. <laughs> thank you. Good job. Um, and my brother-in-law and his wife went there too. Really? And they're a little bit older than you. Wow. So there might've been some overlap, but anyway, it's yeah. just a small world. Because I think, I'm, gosh, I was there in the late 70s, mm-hmm. I guess. It must've been fun. It was so fun. <laughs> it was amazing. It was yeah. very rebellious of me to choose that school because... Mm. My parents were all about the Ivy League and mm. I was like, oh, I don't think so. That's real different. Yeah. 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 I kind of wish, I wish that I could have like been a fly on the wall back then because it was still cool when I was there, but I just feel like the, I don't know exactly how to even put it, but just like the real philosophy must have been so tight back in the 70s. Yeah. You know? It totally was. It was very... It was its own kind of 
inner sanctum, mm-hmm. you know, because life wasn't really like that mm-hmm. outside of that space. So yeah. where did it was you grow great up? to be in that. I grew up in Silvermine, Connecticut, which is mm. a commuter suburb of Manhattan. So okay. my dad worked in the city and took the train in every day. And so oh. I had a lot of proximity to New York City growing up, but I lived in a more, uh, you know, I lived in the woods, mm. which mm. was really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. A lot of snow that I walked mm. through on the way to school in the mornings, mm. and but it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a great way to grow up. Mm. That crisp fall that we don't it. really have here in LA, mm-hmm. you know. The Irish knit sweater. I remember mm. that was like a big thing to like the first day that you could actually put that on. Totally. Like, yes. I love sweaters. The fall Changing my, of the this leaves. This is my jam. Like this is my season. <laughs> yeah. I love the fall so much. Beautiful. And then at Hampshire, was Atkins Farm there when you were there? It was a, I don't probably not. that. It was right across the street and it is an apple orchard and they ah. make apple cider and apple cider donuts. So you oh like smell gosh. it wafting through and fall and... So fabulous! That's amazing. That actually reminds me of my childhood going to the apple orchard to pick Mm. to pick apples. You know, was a huge Mm. thing when we were growing up. Like it was so so fun, and we'd come back in the back of the station wagon with like baskets full of apples. Mm. Such a good way to grow up. Haven't thought about that in so long. That's a good memory. I need to start. I need to get out and pick fruit with my kids. Yeah, it's a really good thing to do. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of known each other through different seasons of our lives. Because when I met you, you had a young kid. I don't even remember how old Ruby was, but she was young. Yeah, yeah. And, she's um, 22 now. So if wow. you do the math from 12 years ago, maybe she 12 or 14 years that yeah. we've known each other. Maybe she was eight. She's Jemima's age. Yeah. Like nine, yeah. And then you're married. Now you're not married. And yep. now you've got an out of college yeah, girl. I have a working girl for a daughter. Oh my God. And so she's cool. obsessed. Her work ethic is the same mm. as mine. I don't know quite how that happened, but- mm. You know, we're perfectly happy both on our laptops at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love her. She's so unique Thank and you. cool and level-headed. Yeah, she's amazing. Which is really awesome to see that in real time with your friends' kids, you know? Like, I I just think intergenerational friendships are so important. You know, that my kids have aunties that don't have kids or are a lot younger and then I can learn from you. Like I can see your parenting and how your daughters turned out. You know, it's just yeah. it's really cool. It's like, it's, we should all be living more intergenerationally, I feel like. Yeah, I think that's true. I used to say that, um, you know, especially because Ruby was an only child, mm-hmm. right? Is an only child. Um, I wanted to surround her with a lot of really interesting and influential mm-hmm. adults. Yeah. So that she wouldn't just get her feedback from myself and her dad, but also from all this amazing network of people Mm -hmm. around me, you know? And so I think she matured quickly because of that, Mm -hmm. but it's just so great to have a network of people around your kids. I was an only child and it is, it is really important to have that. And I do think you grow faster. Yeah, for sure. So I want to just kind of dive right in because there's so many things to talk about as we've been talking for like an hour before yeah. even hitting record. But really, I want to know more about your journey through motherhood and work because you have always been a worker. You are yeah. a worker and it's looked differently. You've been in corporate and then more your own personal artwork. But just kind of hearing your journey and what that looks like now and how you kind of are where you are now. Yeah. So I guess I'd roll back to the BB years, mm. which was kind of the the big start to my career where um, I joined BB, the BB stores mm-hmm. um, when there were three stores in San Francisco and I just had this big vision for what it could be mm. and kind of connected with the owner of that company with the founder and Uh, we ended up deciding to embark on a journey together Mm. to grow that brand. And um, it was really amazing. It was an incredible experience for me because I was given so much freedom and latitude to to grow that brand. And um, it was kind of like being thrown into a frying pan and like, Mm. you know, just figure it out. And that was a great thing for my personality. Like, I just love that challenge. So we ended up growing it remarkably over about a little more than a decade. I grew it from the three stores to 
think around 75, 80 stores and a hundred million dollars in revenue. And so imagine what that is like from the point of view of how many people we started with to how many people we ended with. Wow. Creating a culture inside of that Mm -hmm. space, creating a brand, you know, the marketing, the, all of it. Um, I used to have, funny story, I used to have go-sees for the models and Angelina Jolie would come. She was super young and I'd be like, yeah, just not right for the brand. Wow. Can you imagine (laughs) I said that? And then ended up hiring Charlize Theron and she was the face of the brand for for a couple of years. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, we did national ads in Vogue and Elle. I learned that whole, you know, to navigate those waters and figure all that out and used to do photo shoots every month and um, we had- 12 collections a year. So it was design and um, so much going on all the time. And it, it was, uh, it was great from, you know, I just learned so much and was so immersed in it Mm. and grew so much, traveled so much. Um, It was an incredible experience. And, and yet it was lined with a little bit of struggle Um, personally for me, because I was so, you know, I'm such a immersion person, Mm. you know, I'm all in. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was a time in my life, like my late twenties into my thirties where I knew I wanted to have a baby, but I couldn't find kind of an opening for that, Mm. you know, where I could actually, it was just so much stress and chaos around me all the time. And to kind of take the time out and say, all right, this is the moment was really hard for me. Mm. And I had a lot of friends that already had babies, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, I would talk to them about like, how did you, how did you do this? Like, Mm. how did you get from here to there? And no one really had the answer. But I think one day I just made a decision. I threw out my birth control Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I was like, okay, universe, it's in your hands. Like whatever happens Mm -hmm. next, I'm, I'm down. And it took, I think about a year and a half Mm -hmm. after I made that decision, that declaration. And I actually left BB uh, because we were situated in San Francisco and my uh, Ruby's father um, was living here in LA already uh-huh. and sort of embarking on his journey. And uh, so we were trying to figure things out. And I ended up leaving to move down here and finding out within like three months that I was pregnant. Wow. And it was so awesome, mm. <laughs> you know? I mean, that was just like the greatest moment because, you know, it was the, it was the game changer. Yeah. It was the life changing moment. Was that hard when you made that kind of decision or gave it up to spirit? Like, were you obsessively thinking about it every month or was, were you just really allowing it to just happen if it did? Like, how, what was oh, that I, like? I was bleeding on pregnancy sticks yeah, every month right, going right. like, what? What do you yeah. mean I'm not pregnant? <laughs> and then, you know, like we were in Italy at one point. Um, I had worked in London and Paris and we decided to take a, you know, trip trip. to Italy Mm -hmm. while we were over there. And, um, and I was walking around Italy and I was like, I just know I'm pregnant. I can feel a little fluttering. Mm -hmm. Like, I just know there's a baby in there and came home and bled on another pregnancy stick. It was like, it was challenging, you know, but, but I'm very lucky in so many ways because, you know, I was think about 38. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's some challenges there, mm-hmm. you know, your eggs are 38 too. Right. Right. <laughs> so um, I was kind of thinking, you know, I, I was lucky that I didn't have to go into in vitro or anything mm-hmm. like that. I did manage to get pregnant about a, a year and a half in. And I, I actually did it with an ovulation predictor ultimately, because mm-hmm. I think I was about three or four days off on when I was ovulating. And that really helped a a tremendous amount. Yeah. 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 That's a big part of it. So, you know, this, this stick, uh, we just paced around, Mm -hmm. you know, and back in those days, Mm -hmm. back in the olden days, (laughs) um, it it would take like 30 minutes to get your results on a, Mm. on a pregnancy test. And so we paced around it. And during that time went through like our life flashing before us. And and then uh, 
found out that it was real. It was just like the greatest thing. It is so exciting. I feel like that excitement. Even when I didn't necessarily want to be pregnant, I would still just doing the pregnancy test and peeing out. Like there's always part of me that wanted it to be positive. Yes. Even if I didn't really want it at that moment. Yeah. There is something. But then when totally. you want it and then you see it, it's like it's mind not, blowing. Yeah. yeah. It was so cool. Such a cool mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. And it was a great time in my life in that way because I wasn't working. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd come off of this, like, I remember feeling like there was like a swirl, almost like in my mind, the visualization was like a tumbleweed, mm-hmm. kind of that tangled web tumbleweed mm-hmm. in my head through the decade of BB, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I remember having this experience where it felt like it was, disconnecting from my brain after I left mm-hmm. and then ultimately was sort of spinning off to the side of my head for a little bit. And then I just released it mm-hmm. and let it go. And, and then really fully did the immersion thing in my pregnancy, yeah. you know, and just wanted her so much mm-hmm. and made that space for her. And that's such a key thing is making the space because how, how can these little souls come in if we're just insanely busy and our right. systems are insanely busy? Like that doesn't, I'm not necessarily saying this is your situation, but just theoretically of like, you don't want to come into a stressed body. You know, yes. you don't want to like, why would they want to drop into that? You know, so right. really creating that space, mm-hmm. I feel like is so key, especially for people that are trying for a long time to get pregnant naturally, you know, and, and that they've done in the investigations and like, seeing that it's not a main problem, but they just can't get pregnant. It's like, what can you do to release that stress yeah. and that, create that space? Because I do think it's a big part of it. So true. And I kind of got, you know, down to my spiritual self during mm-hmm. that period. Mm-hmm. And I I meditated mm-hmm. and I um, read a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of that stress that was, that spun off the side of my head, you know, right. was gone. And there was silence in my mm-hmm. mind for the mm-hmm. first time in a really long time. Um, it, it was absent of rumination. Totally. Which Ugh. is such a beautiful thing. Such a beautiful thing. Because also in our society, like when we come into a place and I do it, I mean, I know this because I do it sometimes too, but like we're so addicted to being busy and yeah. to doing all the time. And we are surrounded by other people that have the same neuroses and you're rewarded for it, you know? Yes. And so it becomes this total addictive thing that we live in for years and years and years. And then it's so beautiful. And I think pregnancy can be that place for a lot of people for the first time in your life where you're actually like, okay, I'm consciously going to slow down now. Yeah. But it's so important to like our healing as a society and women, especially and mothers to really have that space. Yeah. And you're so great at providing that for yourself and for mm-hmm. others. Thank you. Um, you know, I didn't have someone like you at that time. I wish I did because it would have enhanced my experience even that much more. But I felt like I was very conscious and cognizant of the fact that this was probably going to be my only baby. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to really immerse myself in that experience mm-hmm. and fully realize it for what it, you know, what it could be. And I was lucky that I had a pretty awesome pregnancy. I That's wasn't awesome. sick. Amazing. You know, I had, I did have a little box of um, saltines next to my bed just to help me get out of bed in mm-hmm. the morning, but I, I mostly wasn't sick during my pregnancy. And I think months four through seven, whatever that pregnancy cocktail was of hormones mm-hmm. were so great for me. Mm-hmm. I was so <laughs> blissed out and happy and awesome. in joy and nesting mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was lovely. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of work was flowing into me, you know, that was, that's what sort of sparked my consulting phase mm-hmm. because coming off of BB, there were a lot of brands that were interested in tapping into whatever it was that that magic that we had mm. during that time at BB. And um, so I did some consulting and it was fun, but and it was pretty light, you mm. know, and I started exploring a little bit more of my creative side. I think I, it was one of the first times in my 
adult life where I recognized that I'd been saying no to myself about things, including mm. having a baby, mm. you know, but also some of the artistic stuff that was important to me and some of the spiritual stuff I was putting aside because of all the work mm-hmm. and the demands on me. And yeah. so I started to recognize that maybe that wasn't a good thing. And it was important to kind of open to all of those other parts of myself. So that was probably the beginning of like the phase two journey, you mm-hmm. know? So um, after having Ruby. Um, How was your birth, by the way? Uh, I always make the commitment that I don't talk about the birth story and to anyone who's pregnant. So if there's anyone mm-hmm. listening, maybe meditate for a second. It, um, it, it was a very challenging birth. Um, funny because the pregnancy was so easy and beautiful. Mm-hmm. The birth was very challenging. Mm. And um, so as much as I, so it was, yeah, it was challenging. It ended up being a forceps birth. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably should have been a C-section because I had kind of an emergency distress situation mm-hmm. that happened. And then the doctor was very adept with with forceps. So he um, worked his magic, which was great for Ruby. Here's the funny part about the birth. Ruby was situated in such a way that her, uh, I think right arm was over her head. Mm. So her hand had to find its way out of the birth canal. And then I had to give birth to Ruby's head plus her elbow and Mm. her shoulder. And so that was, that was a thing. A lot. Yeah. But Ruby came out great. Ruby came mm. out looking like a Gerber baby, like just mm. this perfect little like <laughs> cherub, you know, oh. angel. Blonde hair and blue eyes, which is hilarious because wow. I'm so dark, right? Mm-hmm. But I was a mess after. Mm-hmm. Like it was very physically challenging for me. And so mm. I basically didn't get that beautiful moment where you like mm. put the baby on your belly and like all that beautiful bonding stuff. They took her, made sure she was okay. And I disappeared. Mm. Um, so I think I had about maybe 10 hours where I was just gonzo, right? Just not like there. on pain meds, you mean? I lost consciousness and oh there was all kinds of stuff being done to me and I was just wow. like out. Wow. But then they gave her to me, you know, and, um, I was like, oh my God, this is a love that I can't mm-hmm. even imagine. And beyond anything I've ever experienced ever. And this better be my kid because mm-hmm. <laughs> she didn't look anything like my coloring. And also I was like, oh my God, you know, please prove to me that this is my child. <laughs> and, and, and her dad was like, no, I've been with her the whole time. Like she's Aww. ours. She, she's the one. Um, and then what did your work evolve into after that? So you were doing the consulting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I started consulting in fashion and had a bunch of clients and did some fun things there. And then I started consulting in home also. So I was doing interior design, which is actually my my training. Mm. Um, My my education is in interior design. So I started doing that, um, working with a few furniture stores Mm -hmm. and doing interior design for young families that were moving into their homes and Mm. doing furniture placement and furniture selection and um, creating space. And that was super fun. I had a great time doing that and would have probably loved to continue doing that, Mm -hmm. you know, but when the recession happened, so much of Mm. it was funded by real estate, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, people stopped buying homes for a little bit there and the furniture businesses started to Mm-hmm. go out of out of business, which was really sad. And so I just kind of looked at where I was and thought, okay, it looks like we're heading into a recession again. So this would be the second recession of my career because when I was with Bibi, there was one also. So what year was this now? 2008. Okay, yeah. And um, so when I was with Bibi, it was like we were in a recession, but we were primed for growth during that time mm. because it became a tenants market. We opened stores everywhere. You know, landlords were giving deals, you know, we really grew the brand because of it. So I had this history and I was like, okay, this is what I need to do Mm -hmm. is align myself with a brand again Mm -hmm. that is in a position to grow during this recessionary period. And, 
you know, that would revitalize my career. And Mm -hmm. so Little Giraffe kind of appeared. It was another one of those moments where I kind of made a declaration to the universe that I'm ready to do this thing. This Mm -hmm. is the next, you know, phase for me. And Mm. I polished up my LinkedIn and somebody picked up all my keywords and connected with me and said, hey, we've got this role and we think you might be a great fit. And, you know, at first I was a little resistant because I was, you know, I come from the fashion industry. Do I really want to, you know, do baby and child? Is that really the thing? Um, And Ruby was already 12 Mm. and I hadn't done it when she was a baby. Like it just wasn't in my zeitgeist really. Mm But I met with uh, the equity team that was that had recently purchased the brand, mm-hmm. and we just got along so well, and it just seemed like such a great connection. And um, the more I learned about the brand, the more vision I had for it, mm-hmm. and the more I felt like, yeah, this is really something that's on my path because it's really just about love. It's about bringing newborns into the world in the most loving and luxurious possible way, mm-hmm. like giving them this incredibly soft nest mm-hmm. to enter in with and just felt right. Mm. And the brand was in a place where it was really in need of some TLC and kind of what I do, like mm-hmm. some of the wisdom that I had from history in my right. career was just such a good fit for where it was. And there's a lot of meetings that kind of got us both to that level Mm. of, yeah, this is the right thing. And then I ended up signing papers with them on Ruby's birthday, her 12th birthday. And so I'm on, I'm, I've come upon 10 years, like literally August 12th, 10 years with the brand. God, it feels like it's gone so fast. Yeah. It's a long time to be with one brand. It is, but it's, it's been so exciting, mm, you know, because so we, cool. we've grown it so much and opened up, you know, we were manufacturing here in LA. We were fulfilling all of our own orders um, and we were wholesale only. Mm. And we've grown the brand into every channel now. We're e-com, we're all doors at Nordstrom. Wow. We're in all the top retailers, Fred Siegel. Wow. Um, Saks, Bloomingdale's, and we opened a home line. So amazing. Uh, so it's been, it's been really great. And now it's like, I, I call it a lifestyle brand for babies. Mm-hmm. And your little, little girls have modeled for us. I know. And so all cool. the like years of catalogs. Amazing. Like I have so many friends who the catalogs are like the life cycle of their mm-hmm. children, Totally, you know, and and Jemima's on the cover right now, which is so cool. I know. She loves doing it. I mean, it's the only, you know, modeling she does, but she right. loves it so much. She's always like, I do want to do it again. It's so much fun. And they have the best snacks. <laughs> so like if she's, you know, signing up to model because of the snacks, I'm like, that's that's a healthy. It's so good. Oh you know, God. I live by the I live by the motto actually that if you feed people and praise people, they'll do anything mm-hmm. for you. And so I'm always like I'm abondanza mm-hmm. with food because I grew up in an Italian family. Mm-hmm. I'm like, just feed everybody. <laughs> well, she has so much fun doing it. But it is I mean such a great we experience. love the blankets and the robes. I mean, you just went to Jemima's room and you saw all the little giraffe blankies on her bed. Yeah, that was a beautiful thing. I love seeing, you know, I call it little giraffe in the wild. Yeah, it's, it's like I mean, actually seeing, planned. Yeah. yeah, actually seeing all the blankets kind of crumpled up on her bed, mm-hmm. lived in and loved in. It's just like the greatest I think thing about one right the brand. There too. I did yeah. spy that when yeah. I came in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there it is. They're, they're littered throughout the house. But um, I love that. But they are, they're really soft and fabulous and you can use them just throws around your house. I mean, we usually have that big white one here on the couch. Yeah. They're so snuggly. Yeah, it's really amazing. I mean, it's like the shift that happened in my life is I spend my time now falling in love with fabrics mm, and uh, yeah, and creating and, and sourcing the absolute softest mm-hmm. thing you've ever felt in your entire life. Like I'm obsessed. So, you I've know. I've been that way my whole life. And Jemima's that same way too. Like just- Always finding the soft thing to, you know, put your fingers on. Yeah. That, like she can't wear anything that isn't soft. Amazing. Yeah. That that all. tactile experience yeah. is so, it's really the essence of the brand. Mm. 
And, you know, the reason we have a home line is because parents were like, oh, these blankets are amazing and I want one for myself. Totally. Or or like nursing moms, Mm -hmm. instead of just having the baby blanket, like you're up in the middle of the night, Mm -hmm. you can cover yourself with a throw and cover the baby. And it's just like such a beautiful bonding thing, you know? Totally perfect. And at first it was like, oh, it's a beautiful brand and, you know, we're going to make beautiful products, but it's also functional in the sense that it really calms your kids down Mm -hmm. and it's a family bonding experience and um, within a throw, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like big enough to cuddle everybody. Mm -hmm. And so it really does help soothe and calm and relax Mm. babies. And when that happens, parents get the same result, you know? Yeah. Yeah. In the morning, Goldie gets this blanket that's behind my couch right now. She gets her bottle. She gets that blanket. She comes here. She sits up on the pillows while I'm doing breakfast and packing lunch and everything and just like has her own little moment in the morning. It's really cute. Thanks for sharing that. I know you sometimes will tag me with pictures of the kids. I should do that more. Yeah. But it's like the sweetest thing. That's what I do it for. Mm -hmm. I swear I live for that. That and also there was this moment where I kind of realized that there was an enormous opportunity with the brand to give back Mm. and to share that kind of lovey, luxury, nesting, cuddliness of the brand with babies that normally couldn't access the brand. Mm. And um, Mm -hmm. so we started something called Works of Heart. And I think actually Jemima is the face of that on oh, really? my website. Oh, no way. Yeah. I'll have to look that um, up. But I when she was that. little, little, like, she's, remember the the photo with the balloon? Oh my God. It's it's <gasps> my screensaver on my phone. Stop and it. I don't even know where that photo exists on my phone, but that's it's still on there. so funny. What a coincidence because I, I think that's the photo that we oh, use. I love that one. But um, she's just a little, her little like chunky leg. like two. A little pony, like, first ponytail. <laughs> such an angel. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so we do this thing now where we we actually go to hospitals with um, Mm. the brand and uh, we have a special relationship with Children's Hospital of Orange County. Mm. Um, But we go, we take a radio flyer wagon filled with blankets Mm. and we take it through neonatal and we take Mm. it through um, the oncology unit. Um, It's so so amazing. You know, at the beginning of this program, we would just box up the blankets and ship them. And then one day I was like, no, mm. it's not enough. We've got to go and actually mm. give the blankets and hear the stories and, and really connect with the mm. parents and, and the kids. And we've had so many people post about mm. how little giraffe blankets have helped them through those difficult times and helped their kids through those difficult challenges. Mm. That's beautiful. Um, and now we've been able to actually give a voice to those parents and, and also have the opportunity, you know, to Mm -hmm. like connect with those kids. Mm -hmm. And that's been a beautiful part of Little Giraffe that was completely unexpected, you know? That's so cool. But you're tapped in because you're tapped into something that is greater than just the corporate world, which I think is actually a really good segue because it's the new way, right? It's like we all have a lot of different tools and experiences and and really being open to bring that into what is quote unquote more of like the patriarchal kind of mode of life or corporate world. Right. And um, because I feel like you really do bring that to Little Giraffe and um, like on set, it's a lot of like the the photographer's a woman, like most people are working on the set are women. I don't know. It just feels like very authentic and you're just hanging out with friends and like homie. Like, yeah. is that something consciously that you do or is it just you that's brought it to the brand? I think it's both. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's kind of how I roll mm-hmm. in a way, but also I've become more cognizant of that as I've grown in, uh, in my work and also in my personal life, my spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's become more and more important for me to recognize the, the, the value of bringing my whole self into my work. Yeah. You know, instead of separating it, mm-hmm. I, I carried this kind of thought for a long time that my art was 
separate from my work. Mm-hmm. Sage. So that's so nice. really cool. And it, it really makes you think twice about how you're showing up. Yeah. And how much you're giving. And the tagline of the brand is Little Giraffe is Love. And that's just been sort of an ongoing mm. theme in my whole life, really. The whole like approaching things from a perspective of love, from mm. a place of love, not from a place of fear. And mm-hmm. I feel like I can offer that to people that are on my team yeah. or, you know, externally through the brand and just through kind of my own practice. So, and it trickles down to everybody. Yeah. So right now I am so elated. I think I was telling you this mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just feel like I'm in such a good mm-hmm. place and that my brand is in a great place and that the the team is in a great place. That's so cool. You know, we're all just hooked up right now. There's, there's a really clear um, expression of what our values are as a mm-hmm. company and who we are as people and how we bring that into our work. And I think people feel, I want to think that people feel very happy and fulfilled for the most part Mm -hmm. by their experience and their connection with the brand and that they're growing within that environment. That's awesome. Yeah. It makes me really happy. I come in every day so excited and Almost the level of giddy. Wow. You know? After 10 years, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, we've been through a lot. We mm-hmm. restructured things dramatically in the last year. And, you know, we went through a lot together. But we kind of, we're, we're coming out of that mm. to the other side now. And recognizing that everything that we've done to get here is is really coming to fruition, mm-hmm. you know? So it's a, a really good time right now. And that's so important to honor that, you know, because you can get caught in that thing of like, okay, what's next? What's next? But to really own it and be happy, just allow yourself that is huge. Yeah. I'm really working on that, mm-hmm. you know, kind of just letting the chaos just roll over me and mm-hmm. roll over everyone. You know, it's like sometimes people get stressed at work and I'm just like, you know what? This is only work. Yeah. This is just one aspect of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And you know, everything's going to work out. We've been through this before. We're going to figure it out. We've got this. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, that is music to my ears when my team comes to me and says that. Like, oh, Trish, we've got this. Like, or don't worry, I've got this. I'm I'm on it. You know, great. Best thing I could ever hear. You're really spreading it. It just changes your approach. I think it it helps you approach things from a more centered space and Mm -hmm. a hard space. And that's a beautiful thing. I mean, if we could all do that and, you know, I wish I was like that all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I've I've tried to be more and more conscious of, of that and more and more connected to that and, you know, not letting things take hold of me. Right. You know? Yeah. You can hope, guide it more. Yeah. Hopefully to just be slightly more conscious before you respond to mm-hmm. things. Ugh, that's a big one. Right? That's huge for yeah. me in the last, like, probably... 10 years, but even more so in the last three or four of just like being aware of how I'm about to respond to something and, and taking a, taking a minute. Which if we all did that, I mean, it's so powerful. We we just, it's so easy just to react how you've always reacted, you know, but it's often from a place of ego and fear. Mm -hmm. So when you can just take that beat and like, oh, this isn't personal. Right. This is just a thing happening. Sometimes for our greater good that we don't even see or acknowledge. Yeah. It's about embracing the contrast too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were talking earlier about, you know, so many things happened to me at once in a year. Mm. I restructured the company. I lost my father. I I lost my kitchen. My mm-hmm. kitchen flooded and was inoperable mm. for the last year. But I'm a testimony right now to to the fact that I said it earlier, I'm so elated right now. Mm -hmm. Things feel so great. I'm at peace and there is a flow Mm -hmm. that is happening that's so great right now. So it's like a testimony to when things feel like they're raining down around you and everything's falling apart or everything's in chaos or everything's in crisis. And believe me, I was there. You can land here. Totally. You can land in a place where, you know, it all feels good again and it all feels right. And it's so important to hear that. So I'm glad you're sharing that in real time right now because 
the more that we fight that, it's it's like if we can just be an acceptance, like this is a season of some stuff sucking. Yeah. Like <laughs> stuff is not going how I want it to go right now. Exactly. And then just when you don't have to fight about it and just like, okay, like that is what's happening and it's going to change. And then it often happens in the way that is even better. Like you're saying you wanted a kitchen. Were you going to do a kitchen? No. But now you have the space that you really love and adore. So true. So, you know, things just often look differently than we think they're going to look and they're better. Yeah, I think it's it's recognizing it and accepting it for its possibility for transformation. Oh, yes, so good. You know, energy has to change. Yeah. Energy has to shift. And so if you're, you know, if you're in a space where suddenly all this stuff is disrupting, yeah. just let it flow over you. Mm-hmm. I, I really am trying more and more and more to just do that and to recognize that this is necessary. Yeah. It's a letting go process. It's a necessary part of the cycle mm-hmm. to shed, let go, to make room, mm-hmm. you know, and to yield to the new. Yeah. And I think if we can all, you know, find a way to accept that as a truth, the downs don't feel so down. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they start to, you know, it starts to, um, that circle, mm-hmm. you know, starts to spiral up. Right. So that your downs aren't as low and your highs are higher. And I love that image. Yeah. That, that feels really good. Yeah. <laughs> Watching your hands circle up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing. And everything is always transforming. I mean, with our children, with our work, with our relationships, I mean... When you're talking, I'm just thinking like last night, just kind of randomly one conversation with my husband led to this other huge conversation that I wasn't expecting to have, which A, I didn't see that outcome happening at all. And B, uh, was like shockingly good, you know? So it's just interesting how everything can always transform at any time. Yeah. And just kind of get out of our own way. And my big thing right now is it's not what's happening, it's how you're responding to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And the more that you can be cognizant of, of your response, yeah. you know, the less crisis you, you actually feel on a totally. day-to-day basis. Yeah. And it's unfamiliar to a lot of us, so it feels scary. But the more that you do it, the easier it feels. And then you you have that trust in yourself that you can get through the next thing that comes. Yeah. Years of experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you feel like you want to add? I feel like we've covered so much good stuff. No, that was such an empowering and fun experience actually to do this with you i'm so glad it happened yeah me too we need to do more of this yeah i actually want to do i i I appreciate having this experience with you also because it's um an opportunity for me to learn how this is done Mm -hmm. you know um and your little uh, equipment story you've got going on and it's easy um, it's really easy i know i'll show you all the things but that's cool um yeah, I'd love to you start totally doing do this. For, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think it's really a cool way for um, the brand to have a voice or, mm-hmm. or me to have a voice through the brand yeah. and connect with people that are, experience, are experiencing our brand, but also just experiencing what we're all going through in mm-hmm. life, you know, and giving people an opportunity to talk about that. It's such an amazing thing. That's so powerful because we all are in this together, but I think also that's, a really important thing of kind of bridging the gap of the separation, you know? Yeah. It's just like, we all have such similar things. We just need to be sharing it and like circling up. And that's why I started this podcast because it's like, we're all going through it. You know, I need the support just as much as a new mom needs the support, as much as a pregnant mom needs support, you know, it never ends. Right. And it's really important. No, I think vulnerability is everything right now. And Mm -hmm. just that authentic sharing of, you know, just being open. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. And I think it's, we've gone through this sort of phase in the last maybe 10 years where social media has become so mm. prevalent. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's like replaced this one-on-one yeah. connection. And I think that's why these things like 
podcast, this mm-hmm. kind of content generation is so important because it's it's true connecting, yeah. true connections. And it's the more authentic, the better because there's so much of a veneer on yeah. social media. And I'm yeah. I'm so conscious of that that I barely even participate that much on it personally yeah. on social media. The brands are on social media, but I'm like I just, I feel like I want to have real connections with real people in real life, like IRL. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, I know. Like on one hand, it's, there, there is community that has been bridged through that, but it's, there's also with that, there's like a major dark side, you know, like it has not made us happier as a society Mm -hmm. overall. Um, yeah, I've, I've been putting a lot out there and now I'm just, I'm within my own self. I'm going to be pulling back a little bit because it's, um, it isn't healthy. I actually, when I go on Instagram, I don't really even look at most of the other things. I just will post like for work and things Mm -hmm. that I'm really called to share right now, but because I can get stuck in that comparison thing. And for me, it's not so much like I want to look like that or I want that clothes. It's more a self judgment of, that person is in their career how I want to be, you know, and it's that kind of thing. And it, but it does take me out of my own journey and it's not helpful. Yeah. I mean, there's huge advantages to the accessibility of information yeah, and the accessibility sure. of, of that connection and the view of the world from so many different angles and, you know, everything's at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. I, I Google mini everything at home. Like, you know, yeah. every question that pops in my head, I yeah. Google mini it. It's like <laughs> hilarious. It's great. It's great having that. But I think having a balance yeah. of real authentic communication totally. and connection is everything. Yeah. I think we're starting to, more and more people are starting to recognize that they've gone down that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. It is what it is, you yeah. know, but more of this, please. That's where I come from. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Um, Well, thank you so much for just being you. And I love you so much. And you really are, I'm going to try not to get emotional. You really are like a big sister. And I just admire Mm. you so much. And your mothering and your work and the consciousness that you bring to your work. And I love you. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I love you you too. Thank you. Forever and ever. Yeah. Ditto. (laughs) Jema. Jai Ma Jai Ma Jai Ma